think of Rob Reiner, the smoking episode. Oh, yeah. People are going to wonder what the hell is going on. Do people over here, Andrew, go, all the time, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Some of our very few comments have been of Andrew's breathing. Right. They're like, who the fuck is that breathing? <laughs> yeah, it's probably because I uh, have that super bad allergies year-round, uh, so like, I'm a mouth breather. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Well, it could also be your mic placement. Yeah. Pointed at his dick. Nixon? Nixon? Yeah. Dick. Tricky. Oh, uh, what, what, what the hell am I doing on this fucking podcast? Isn't there a minority or a Jew I could liberate? <laughs> get in, get the fuck in here, Kissinger. Anyways, today's podcast is about. Is that on a, record? Yeah. Oh, alright. It's. Etzel, Etzel, you've listened to the show. Edit it. Edit this better. We could edit this part out. Why? Right, Ethel, you've listened to the okay. show. You know how things work here. Okay. You know that we just kind of throw people into it. Okay. Okay. Have you not noticed that? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, today's episode, we talk about Anchorman 2, as well as American Hustle, which Ethel at the moment looks like he could look right into. <laughs> but, speaking of which, this is Ethel's first time on Kind of Epic Show. No, I was on the, the uh, Star Trek one. Star Trek one. Yeah, the Star Trek game. Uh, you no, no, that's never been up. Oh, well, I guess it is my first time. Then yeah, anymore. because it's a lost uh, episode like the first one. No, I have all the video for that. I, I'm in the vault. I'm in the kind of epic show vault. Apparently. Yeah. But, uh, um, okay. But yeah, the video. You know what I didn't do? What? I didn't mic the cam. Like, we're all turned away from the microphones. Oh, so you couldn't hear anyone. So you couldn't whatever. hear oh, okay. anyone. Got you. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. Well, anyway. Okay. But yeah. It's uh, a kind of shitty epic show. <laughs> yeah. Well, aren't they all? Seriously. Uh, but, Etzel, I've known you for uh, 20 years. 20 now. years. Almost 20 years. 20, yeah. I know, since Life we were both friends, in little much. kindergarten. Yeah. We were little fuckers. I remember when you moved in. Like, because you came in, because I came in late to the school year, but you came in even later than I did to. Yeah, to Decatur. Like halfway through. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I'm sure we'll get on more of that here in a bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll tell you about how uh, Edsel assaulted a teddy bear in kindergarten. <laughs> Please do not right now, because this episode is about Anchorman and American Hustle, and I'm going to go to our credits. And it ties to the starfish joke. Okay. <laughs> that opening music, uh, that's from my buddy Mike Dykus, uh, or Micus as he likes to go by. He currently has an Indiegogo campaign going right now. Uh, he's uh, almost there, but he needs a little extra push. Um, you can find the link to that on our YouTube, or on our Facebook page. Um, go help him out if you like his, uh, his tunes. Uh, you can also check that out at MicusMusic.com. Alright. Um, anyways... Uh, I was actually thinking about asking him if he wanted to be on the show to promote. We did it with Kenny. Might as well do it with him, too. Um, 
Anyways, guys, so uh, how's it been? We've actually gone a couple weeks without an episode. Wow. Lively bunch here. Oh, I thought you were talking to the audience. No. Oh, I, oh it's, I've been fine. First time on the show. Yeah. Pretty excited. I'm just waiting for this year to die. It's like, uh, tomorrow is like the, like, uh, when, you know, if you have a relative you really hate, uh, and they're on life support, like, tomorrow's the day at midnight when I get to pull the plug finally <laughs> and watch it die. <laughs> Fuck this year. I've had a good year. I've had, uh, actually, the past seven months have been pretty damn decent. How about you, Etzel? You have a good pretty, year? Yeah, I had a good year. It's all right. Well, next week will be our year in review episode, so we'll have that coming, coming to you, and then... We'll have our interview with uh, Vivek and the fifth uh, fifth Beetle. That's left over from fucking C two E two, so that'll be nice to finally get that up and going. Um, next, and we'll probably also have our Doctor Who Christmas special next week as well. Hopefully, well recorded by next week. Who knows when we'll actually have them up. Apparently, um, this is not one of our goals sometimes. Nah, you know, I, I'm just going to be honest here. I haven't been motivated. I, was, I actually remember you guys talking about your Doctor Who Christmas special, I think. Yeah. One of you guys was telling me yeah, about that. Yeah, because me and Chance were watching it when you came over the other day. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, to be honest with you guys, I just haven't been motivated. You know, that's something I need to change in the next year. I want to I wanna get some stuff flowing. I want to get back to a weekly schedule for the podcast. I want to do some uh, more stuff on the YouTube page. Actually, Ethel, you might like this idea. I know one thing that I want to start doing next year is Andrew's weekly soapbox, where he he goes and just bitches about one topic every week for like ten minutes, nice or whatever he can do. But it's just the most angry, belligerent, drunk. I, I want him to be drunk when he does it too, because I think that'd be entertaining. <laughs> He doesn't have to be, but I think it'd be entertaining. That's usually when I'm funniest on uh, Twitter or when I'm sleep deprived. Yeah, see, there we go. Just keep him up for 24 hours and make him rant about something he hates, which most likely will end up being me. <laughs> and I also want to me and probably, Chance. Well, probably, there'll probably be like a month of episodes of me bitching about how much I hate the Miami Heat and the right. bandwagon fans. <laughs> and then, I, then maybe I'll spend 10 minutes uh, one episode if I'm really drunk. Uh, Singing the praises of Swaggy P, a.k.a. Nick Young of the Lakers, just because it's a fun name to say. Like Dickie Simpkins? Yeah. Dickie Simpkins. Or uh, Mookie Baylock. <laughs> <laughs> or Kimbe Matumbo. Or Etzel Kasoniak. Or Hakeem Olajuwon. Etzel, you have the perfect name for the NBA. I know. You sound like a... They, they, what, like Eastern European name? Yeah, yeah the guy from Eastern Europe. And uh, that's Kasoniak with an outlet pass to Nowitzki, who scores a three! Mavericks win! <laughs> and then uh, me and Chance had this great idea to take our movie reviews which we do on the podcast and then uh, uh, parody them like we were thinking one for Thor The Dark World which we'll probably never do would get Chance dressed up as Thor just like a low budget Thor and then have Andrew here as Jane Foster it'll be that scene when he first comes back and we'll just parody the like the trailer almost but as ourselves, and with no budget. So like our normal films. Yeah, you exactly. Like upcoming movies? Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, obviously. But, yeah, but just for an example or whatnot. Yeah, or, yeah. Well, we would kind of want to do our, our review of the film as well. Yeah, okay. No, so no, no, it would no, have to be cool. something that yeah. just came out, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, 
and do that on YouTube. Do like uh, two, cool. like do like two of them a week, or something like that. Yeah, I mean that'd be an awesome I, idea. I, mean, I, I think so. Awesome idea. So if you want to be a part of that, we'd love to have you. Um, yeah. We always want to have you in the kind of epic <laughs> family, except you never, never here. You're never here because yeah. you work on a fishing boat in Alaska. Yeah. You know, I'm who, Dexter. You're right. He moved to Oregon, I believe. So. Okay, maybe Jesse Pinkman then. Yeah. Uh, but actually, I find it funny that out of all of our friends from high school or whatever, you lead the most interesting life out of all of us. <laughs> You work on a damn fishing boat. Yeah. So there's a lot of movies getting watched in a fishing boat, so I'll be sure to keep a tally on. Granted, it'll be older movies, but... You can always record, and then when you get internet... <laughs> well, we can do voicemail from the Podomatic. Okay. You can yeah. send us voice messages okay. on there. And you could always do that, and then we could just insert them into the... Yeah. <laughs> like, you could watch an episode of a TV show, if you wanted. Lots of TV shows, too. And you yeah. could be like, you know what really pisses me off about... This episode of How I Met Your Mother or some shit? Yeah. Actually, I probably watch more TV. I'm more of a TV guy, really. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I actually would find myself watching a lot more TV than I do movies anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm currently midway through season three of Modern Family. I saw, oh, yeah, you said I like Modern I, Family. I love yeah. Modern I've Family. I've actually watched the first two, seven, watched the third season. Well, I mean, maybe the little bit I caught on, like, actual TV, yeah. but I haven't, yeah, I haven't I'm loving it. Yeah, Modern I started Family's watching good. it, like, a month ago, and it's yeah. great. yeah. Actually, my dad picked it up all on Black Friday, so it has been right out a month. Yeah. It's fantastic. Where have I been for the past five years? <laughs> da, 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 da. Actually, I also want to do more uh, tortoise and hare stuff, too. Like, I want to shoot a couple more of those and then do a Kickstarter to get a full like web se- budget for a web series. I think that could be a lot of fun. I want to start doing that. That's my New Year's resolution. How about you? What do you want to do in the next year? No idea. Um, <laughs> I want to be more involved with the kind of epic show. I think that'll be my oh, okay. solution. I said that there'll Suck be. Up. I'll take. I'll make. I'll make notes and do some voice cast, maybe. All right. But, Good. Uh, it's pretty much all. That'd be I got. awesome. Yeah. We'd love to have you, mm-hmm. Andrew. What? What? What's your New Year's <laughs> resolution? What do you want to happen in this next year for your own personal life? I don't know. Don't care. And you have it. There's Andrew. I'm just in a holding pattern right now. So. Andrew's in a great mood today. <laughs> I know, right? I think we need to get one of his rants going now. Uh, <laughs> is it because I beat you on NBA 2K by a shit ton? No, I just feel crap. I'm, I'm still deaf. In, I'm still deaf in my left ear. It's a. I, it's a. I get the ever since like uh, college, I've gotten these colds where uh, they linger on for three three weeks. It's like you know, uh, it's like a house guest that won't fucking leave. Like you know, you you pack their bags, uh, you have them by the door. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, we're trying to do some spring cleaning. You know, we're leaving soon. You know, we're getting kind of tired, that type of thing. And sometimes it causes like uh, maybe I pop my eardrum because I you know I'm so congested and blowing my nose constantly. I go deaf in my left ear. So you know, it's uh, it's my Brian Wilson phase because he's deaf in his left ear. Gotcha. This is his right ear. I forget which. You you know you might have an ear infection. You might want to get that looked at. Did you? Well, it doesn't hurt though. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, 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 you don't have like a fever or anything, or I had a fe- fever uh, like a couple weeks ago, but the 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 loss of hearing that was you know weeks at, like you know, oh, after, after no, yeah oh, it's, okay. it, it, I haven't noticed like you know sw- like it just you know you can't hear and then you know slowly yeah. but surely it clears. Gotcha. Well, 
if you were to do one of your rants, what were, what topic would you like to choose? Um. Hmm. There's so many. I know, right? <laughs> well, uh, you know, maybe I would bitch about the people making the Tony Romo jokes, and you know, I what what Tony Romo jokes? Oh, like you know, there's all there's this meme. I mean, it's hard to shake because you know, there's uh, there's you know, there's moments where you know he's thrown interception, you know, in, in games that you know, that's what ends the game. But you know, really, uh, it's not his fault. I mean, because it's not like he's playing both sides of the ball. You know, it's the Cowboys' defense, which is you know, undermanned. They have like replacement level players playing. Uh, they have a lot of salary cap issues. No, no, wait a second. I saw the replacements. It was a damn good movie. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, you know, like, undrafted free agents. That, I, I know, I know, I know. I know. That, that type of crap. And a lot of it's, you know, poor management by Jerry Jones uh, because, you know, gave out fat contracts to, you know, some players and they've had some injuries. But oftentimes Tony Romo's the only reason that, you know, they're in the game. And, you know, calling him a choker, you know, the, as I, I believe, like, uh, in the last, uh, like, t- like since, two, t- since 2006, uh, when he, you know, started playing, uh, he uh, leads the league in fourth quarter comebacks hmm. at, like, 14. Oh, wow. Well, the whole state of Texas now loves Andrew. I would like to point out. So, and I hate the Cowboys, but you know, I, <laughs> oh, no, not anymore. <laughs> just because you know, like you know, uh, I hate the whole meme of oh, they're America's team. You know that, that kind of crap. You know, it's you guys haven't been relevant in in ages. I mean, right? It, you know, Jerry Jones just should be general manager. It's but yeah, he's not the one that got fired. Did Garrett get the X? I don't know. Well, he owns the team, so you know he can't oh, get rid he of can't. him. Gotcha. That makes it's sense. It's like a parasite that won't die. That won't die. Yep. Gotcha. You're, you haven't had enough alcohol. I can see you get really angry about <laughs> this. Well, you know, I would just have them look at uh, uh, on Grantland. Bill Barnwell did an article on uh, the Cowboys. Uh, maybe the, maybe uh, end of October, November, early November, uh, where he kind of looked at you know why they're you know the way they are and. There's a great article in uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, a Tony Romo, Tony Romo cover piece that kind of went over him and, you know, dispelled some of the myths. So it, it's kind of hard to shake that, you know, the idea that you're a choker. I mean, as much as I, you know, hate LeBron James, like, on the on the court, you know, like, I, I think it's unfair that he sometimes got labeled the choker because, you know, he was, like, uh, with those Cavaliers teams that he brought to the finals, you know, he was the only reason they were there in the first place. So, you know, it's, yeah, you know, and that's kind of, you know, the double-edged sword of being a superstar. Gotcha. That's a superstar. How many All Star game appearances do you have? Have you been? All, have you been? Uh, were you first team NBA? Uh, any uh, major uh, trophy awards like you know maybe uh, AP Player of the Year, uh, DPOY, uh, am I uh, Most Improved Player? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what I thought. Sit down. <laughs> he's been to the waiver wire. He's a VD Player of the Year. VD. Remember ages ago when we were playing Mario Party over oh, at Andrews? Andrews? Yeah, it was after one of my birthdays. It was like Mario yeah. Party 5 or 7, something like that. It was for the GameCube. Yeah. And they had like the orb things like the Potobo orb, which uh, if you landed on that uh, space with that, it burned you and you lost coins. And because uh, the burning sensation it reminded that's so chlamydia. So we started calling all of the orbs. So uh, I think it was Ian who brought up the VD thing. I think it was what, me, you, Ian, and it was David, yeah. David I guess. Yeah. So Ian thought of it, though. Not just rolled with it, you know. I'm kind of a follower, more so. But yeah, I mean, we were brown out with the GameCube. Remember, hey guys, get a GameCube. You want to come over and play Bring Mario? Bring some Eyes. We were in eighth grade. Yep. No, I didn't even know what the fuck beer was in eighth grade. <laughs> Not kidding. No, I, was, I, I, I was aware of Duff and uh, uh, Alamo. Uh, that was the beer that they drink on King of the Hill, right? 
I don't remember. Yeah, I, I remember your next birthday party really well. <laughs> what happened to oh, next year's birthday party? Edit this out later, I mean, right? No! What? I never Editing edit. Editing kind of epic show. I never edit. Actually, keep talking into the mic like that. You sounded a lot better. It sounded better when I go like this? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Anchorman 2. Now, now we're going to make me 2. <laughs> I figured it was time. It's hard keeping this thing going by myself. All right. they waited so long for the sequel just because, you know, I didn't want them to, you know, a rush job. Yeah. Definitely, and I think, you know, there's so many bad sequels out nowadays, but I, I felt like this one's, you know, it was pretty good. And, and mm-hmm. with com- I, I think comedy is probably the hardest uh, type of film to do a sequel to. Yeah. I mean, look at 22 Jump Street coming out. Who knows if that'll yeah, be any good. Yeah, I'm questioning that. And, like, well, if you look like the the Hangover movies, like... They dropped in quality. Two, yeah, like, so the third one was a little better, but, you know... Not you know. Yeah, they progressively, progressively got worse. Yeah, or a little better. A little better, but still. Yeah, they weren't. They didn't capture the magic of the first one. It's really because you know uh, one of the things the comedy is predicated on is surprise. Yeah, and uh, with sequels, you know, oftentimes you know, pretty much with everything you do, you freaking get you know more of the same, but you know, in a different way. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe uh, for example, like the Hunger Games. You know, the first one is you know kind of a. Smaller focus, smaller scope, and the second mm-hmm. one, you know, really expands outward. Uh, and it was even more of a political drama than anything. Mm-hmm. Well, for the first half of it, at least. But I think that's you know one reason why comedies uh, are difficult, and yeah. then uh, it's it, it just hard, you know, to strike, uh, you know, uh, get lightning in the bottle twice. Uh, yeah. Action films, you know, I'd say a little bit easier because. Well, uh, Action films can be hit or miss. Look at the yeah. Die Hard series. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some good ones, and then there's some really bad ones. So, or one really bad one. <laughs> that last one was awful. Um, but yeah, Anchorman Two. I I really liked that. It. It, it felt it felt like a sequel. It felt like it, it was still part of the the same universe. It didn't feel it didn't feel like they were trying too hard. You know, mm-hmm. it felt natural. It seemed like, okay, this is a natural place for the amount of time that's passed for these characters. And, you know, there were callbacks to previous gags, like different variations, like the Sex Panther thing. Yeah. Uh, with the con- with different types of condoms and uh, the return of the news fight. Yeah. <laughs> but Spoiler even, alert. But it was even more intense and over the top and, and wonderful. And Baxter, once again, saves the day by uh, scaring off another animal yeah. by speaking to it good stuff. I guess my other thing about it, too, is the PG-13 rating, but again, I thought it was just as dirty, if not, um, maybe not dirtier, but... Did the first one on have an R? Was the first one an R? Oh, the first one was an R? Oh, I didn't know that either. I thought the first one was R as well. I, I thought this was a little bit raunchier than... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but okay. also, I'd say, like, you know, uh, you can go, get, get away with a little bit more in, uh, now than you could at the, then as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say, like, you know, one thing that's a factor is, like, you know... Uh, I think comedy is, you know, we're, you know, more open to, you know, raunchy stuff in comedy, so, you know, they can be a little bit more relaxed. I, maybe it's a change in, uh, you know, the type of people do, uh, doing the, you know, review, uh, rating the movies. Yeah. Um, no, it's 21 Jump Street rated R? I think so. I, I think, think it was. was. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. For the violence, probably. And probably for the one dick shot. Yeah, maybe. that's right, yeah. And the, and the cur- the, they say fucking multiple because yeah. you get like one fucking a non-sexual situation yeah. for PG-13 yeah um 
But yeah, I mean, the trailer for it looks funny, but I don't think it'll be as good as the first one. The yeah. first one caught everybody by surprise. Nobody thought it would be. Yeah, we thought it was going to look like, it was like, Johnny Hill and Channing Tate. Ugh, this sounds stupid. Yeah. But then it turned out to be one of the uh, most uh, wonderful surprises about last year's movies. Yeah. I agree. Um, but yeah, Anchorman, I mean, I hope they do another one, but I hope they wait until it's, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, one thing that worked about them for, for this film, for, you know, waiting uh, for a sequel, you know, like, you know, the first one, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure when it was written exactly. My guess is, you know, maybe in the early part of the first Bush administration since mm-hmm. the film was released in 2004, so I'm guessing they probably filmed, you know, 2003, uh, maybe early 2004, mm-hmm. depending on how long the post-production was. But this, you know, this this one, yeah, they really got to take uh, aim at, like, uh, cable news. Yeah. And there's a, uh, and one thing with Adam McKay, like uh, his more recent films have had like uh, some uh, social criticism to it. Like, uh, for example, the other guys deals with like uh, uh, the fraudulent investors uh, that you know brought about the, the two thousand uh, excuse me the two thousand eight uh, economic collapse. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe the, I haven't seen the other guys. Uh, I just, oh, I like the other guys. I, I've been meaning to see it, but uh, don't go chasing waterfalls, Andrew. <laughs> uh, but as I understand it, like. Uh, the uh, the credits for the film uh, they have like a list of the bankers uh, mm-hmm. and information yeah and there's a bit of the co- commentary like you know with uh, with uh, how uh, the news team uh, you know wins the ratings of war uh, with their two a.m. slot by you know sh- uh, patriotic crap and animal stories mm-hmm. which I mean you can go on the news and see every day now and the line about you know uh, what they need to hear but what what we want th- what they want to hear. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, you know, that's one of the dangers of, like, uh, you know, uh, listening to, like, uh, like you know, sticking with only, like, one news source, like, you know, uh, Fox or uh, MSNBC, where, you know, you're just kind of being you know, fed your own viewpoint back. I mean, it's, I don't like to wa- watch Fox News because, you know, it, it uh, raises my blood pressure and I get very angry because <laughs> all the stupid shit they say. But, you know, it's sometimes good to know, what the, you know, what the enemy <laughs> yeah. is saying. But I think their most salient point... Uh, Attack is uh, before when Ron walks off uh, the air near the end of the film. Uh, his, you know, it almost felt like you know a little bit of a nod to uh, network. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do more of a direct, like, parody of network. At, at least, like, I, I'm pissed off and I'm not going to take it anymore. Like, sort of moment. But you know, for me, like, you know, it's kind of refreshing. I mean. Uh, in general, I would say that, you know, uh, comedy is probably the, the easiest ground to make, you know, uh, scathing social uh, commentary because, you, know, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like a sugar-coated acid where, you know, you can get, uh, you can get your barbs in, but, you know, uh, they go down easier because uh, pe- pe- you have people laughing. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know, you know, this is, you know, uh, this isn't like, like uh, an independent film release. You know, it's a pretty mainstream. It's, uh, what, released by Universal, I believe, I think? Yeah. So, you know, that, you know, they would get on board uh, with that, you know, maybe it'll get, uh, I mean, I don't really anticipate this happening, but, you know, maybe, you know, some people, you know, will maybe give them a pause and consider, you know, uh, cable news and, you know, all the crap that happens with that. Oh, maybe. But, you know, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, acid barbs uh, from, you know, like a mainstream source, uh, The Simpsons for years, like, they got, you know, they've been digging at Fox for years, you know, biting the hand that feeds... And, you know, digs it the Republicans, like, I think uh, in uh, one episode, uh, Dracula was a Republican, they read from the Necronomicon. Nice. Nice. 
when I think too, when going back to what you were talking about when you were saying like what people want to hear and that, well, too, like I thought another good social commentary is when they pulled the story or whatnot. I don't know if it's maybe spoiler alert, oh, but well, like, where they pulled the story, you know, and that's literally probably what you know any news station, you know, they have their yes, advertisers that, and they that, have that, to keep the advertisers that, that happy. Is a, that, and, that is actually one of the biggest problems yeah. with uh, the Telecom Act of 1996, uh, probably. Uh, one of the worst things about the Clinton administration, because he signed it into law, it probably passed yeah. by Congress. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Telecom Act of 1996, uh, it basically allowed uh, large corporations to own uh, multiple media outlets. For example, that's why we have the rise of uh, corporate, more, more so corporate radio, like with Clear Channel buying up a lot of stations, and um, a lot of different you know, corporations <coughs> owning different uh, news stations. Yeah. And what's problematic about that, like, I mean, it sucks for radio because then you, you're really limited. Uh, there's like, you know, uh, you might hear uh, Guns N' Roses and uh, Def Leppard, uh, and, and that's fine, but it's usually like the same uh, track all the time. You're not getting like, you know, deep cuts like for Guns N' Roses, like Rocket Queen, which is the closer on Appetite for Destruction, you know, deeper cuts. Uh, it's the same crap that you've been hearing, you know, since you were a teenager. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there have been times where, uh, uh, like, uh, for example, there was this uh, Fox affiliate, I believe it's in Florida, there was a story that they were going to report about, uh, like, uh, something to do with uh, cattle owned by the, like, the, the owner of the station, uh, I, I think it was, like, Mad Cow or something like that, uh, I, I'd have to look at the specifics, but uh, they killed the story because of that. Hmm. Well, it's kind of something that when I was working at uh, PBS, mm -hmm. where... Like I had all these ideas for for pro like stuff that they could do that could be fun and, and whatnot, but they had to always do programming, of which their sponsors because it's publicly funded mm -hmm. that their sponsors would want to see, which I think could hurt PBS. Just think how awesome PBS could be if a younger generation could be in charge of PBS. You know, I don't know how many people watch Across Indiana or any of the shows on there. Like, Inside Indiana Business. Who watches those shows? Oh, all the old fuckers who are paying the money to it. You know, if they would just open up their their broadcasting to a younger generation, just think of what that channel could become. Oh, yeah. Would be it cool could be like, like IFC almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, have a public, you know, like a... PBS original series, you know, yeah. like you shooter. No, not even you, but you know, like just yeah, the local filmmaker exactly. who shoots and you know local actors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be great. That that's like you know that's one of the dangers with the arts. Uh, you know, uh, when you get down to it, you know, the arts really don't make money. Like, yeah. uh, so you know, you need somebody who's going to foot the bill, and you know, uh, <laughs> you might luck out with a like, you know really open-minded liberal uh, <coughs> type of uh, uh, owner, but you know, more often than not, you know. Uh, you're uh, you know gonna toe the line for the corporate uh, you know cor corporate uh, message. Uh, well, you know people talk about you know the supposed liberal media bias. I mean it, that's a bunch of bullshit. It's a load of malarkey to quote Uncle Joe. Uh, and here's why: it's a uh, because uh, these news stations uh, you know they do have uh, they do have a bias, but you know it's uh, keeping in line with uh, whoever their owner is. You know they're gonna kill those type of stories. Yes. In the film, the owner uh, of uh, GNN owns an airline, and uh, his airline is having issues with parts falling off a plane, and they kill that story because, you know, if it gets out, his bottom line is going to suffer. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, look to who's finding these stations, <coughs> and you'll have an idea of, you know, who they're biased toward. You know, it's... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think we're ever going to get to it. Uh, at least, you know, not soon. We won't get to an era where the... 
airwaves are freer and, you know, you get, maybe get a more accurate viewpoint, uh, your best bet is to be an intelligent news consumer, you know, uh, learn how to be news literate, you know, uh, mm-hmm. if, uh, for example, if a senator is on, uh, Bill O'Reilly's show bashing Obamacare, you know, uh, Maybe go to OpenSecrets.org, you know, see who his donors are. You know, chances are he's probably uh, being uh, given campaign money by uh, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical or insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, one one area I think that you know is uh, I, I think it's you know pretty good uh, for news. Uh, consider uh, NPR. NPR has a lot of great programming, uh, and they do a fairly good job, I think, of covering the news. But also look to uh, voices outside the U.S. Uh, BBC. I mean. They still can have like you know uh, a slanted viewpoint, uh, mm-hmm. but you know it's a different perspective. And uh, you know some of you might be put off by the name. And uh, there's an there's an American branch of Al Jazeera, and they do uh, they do a phenomenal job of uh, reporting the news. And it's very di- a very different beast from you know the Al, G- Al Jazeera overseas. Mm-hmm. So that's another good source to look at. Hmm. What do you guys thoughts too? Do you think there's any to be better, or is there? I'm and I'm sure there is just as bad of reporting over the internet too. But I feel like the internet's opened more doors too. You have more options, you know, go on the internet and get, you know, with the internet news and whatnot. Um, the danger about internet reporting and you know uh, the accuracy, I guess, or yeah, is and it, uh, uh, the Wikipedia factor. Well, yeah, no, the uh, yeah, I guess basically the credibility, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. And yeah. th- that's another thing, uh, you know. Uh, if you guys don't know, I was a journalism major. Uh, as an undergrad, so this is why I'm talking quite a bit because this is, you know, within my wheelhouse, so, you know, one of my interests. I think about this sort of stuff a lot. Uh, one of the dangers about the internet, you know, it's uh, pretty easy to be misled, and uh, I recommend you do what uh, we journalists are taught to do. Uh, if uh, if you get a sort of saying, uh, for example, uh, that uh, Andrew Luck has a fractured uh, pelvis, you know, you're, you're gonna, and you know, it's a, if it's an if it's an anonymous source, you know. That's super sketchy because you know you want sources that are on, that are on the that are on the record. But if you can find you know uh, more people uh, with you know actual authority, like you know uh, maybe uh, somebody from the cult organization whose name doesn't want to go on the record, they say something to you. You know mm-hmm. you want multiple sources that to back up uh, the story the story you're given. And not just the sun. Yeah, <laughs> to triangulate things yeah. like you know hmm. three sources minimum, and that's. That you know that will, that will give you a good idea of you know whether there's you know any truth to the story. Yeah, and, and reliable sources as well. Back to the the film, there really isn't anything else out in theaters quite like it right now, or has been for a while. You know, um, I mean, what, when was the last time you could go to the movies and watch anything quite like Anchorman? What well, What do you mean, as in like this story tone, or like just just everything? Like the like I mean, you can't go. Even just like recent comedies, what what other comedy in recent memory is like Anchorman? You know, it's something we haven't seen for a while. Maybe this is the end because it like I mean it's uh it, it's a different beast, but it kind of has that feel of an ensemble piece where you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, uh, improvisation that goes on and like you know uh, it gets zanier as it goes on. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's the fucking ghost of Stonewall Jackson in the second news <laughs> I mean, and there's demons and shit, and this is the end. Yeah. I don't know. I almost feel like this is the end. It's more grounded, though. Mm-hmm. And Anchorman's like a live-action cartoon. I think that's a good way of putting it, uh, because I mean, I mean, there, it stretches the you know uh, bounds of believability. I mean, you know, Champ Kind is serving uh, fried bat chicken of the cave uh, at his <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. 
Uh, it's definitely a, more of a live-action cartoon than anything else. And uh, I, I'd say it's different. Uh, like, uh, the cartoon is a good example, a uh, good way to describe it, uh, where, like, you know, and this is the end, you know, uh, really until they leave the house, you know, you, you get the feeling that, you know, violence in there is not really going to have as much of a consequence. You know, they might have, you know, a few cuts and scrapes, but, you know, mm-hmm. conceivably, you know, they could probably, you know, uh, fall off of, uh, fall from a great height, you know, you know, oh, I broke my dick, that type of thing. But, you know, in Anchorman, you know, you get that similar sensibility where, you know, people lo- you got people losing limbs, like in the first one when Luke Wilson gets his, gets both arms ripped off by yeah. the bear. But, you know, it's funny because, you know, it's not uh, shown to have any real consequences. Uh, yeah. True. Like uh, Vince, Vince Vaughn uh, cameo. Yeah. That was good. I was actually really happy with all the cameos that were in Anchorman 2. Yeah. Kanye was awesome. Kanye, yeah. Will Smith. I would watch... Uh, Liam Neeson. I would watch Kanye in a fictional MTV bio. John C. Riley. Is it Amy Poehler, Tina Fey? <laughs> there yeah. will be a uh, mint julep for you waiting on the other side. <laughs> uh, just the fact that there's a minotaur. Or ghosts, <laughs> no, future guns, yeah. Will Ferrell uh, bottle feeding a shark. <laughs> uh, I really liked it, and you saw it twice, mm-hmm. and you said it, it grows each time. So, Anchorman Two is getting kind of mediocre reviews, which surprised me. I mean, because I, I think you know, minimum, I think it's definitely like certainly like you know, a solid B film. Yeah, and it's it's either good or bad. There's usually there's really no middle ground. Either you like it or you don't. And oh, the first time I watched the first Anchorman, I was just kind of like, yeah. And it grows on you every time you watch it. I think it also depends on you know what type of uh, you know uh, what your comedic sensibility is. If you love the first one, you know, you're probably gonna love this one. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, we also saw American Hustle, which I really like David O. Russell as a director. I love the Silver Linings Playbook and The Fighter. I thought they were two great films. And American Hustle, I feel, it's fucking on par. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, my opinion, it started out a bit slow. But once the story got moving, it didn't stop. It had my attention all the way through. Um, I think Christian Bale's performance is outstanding. Just knowing that he actually goes through that transformation, like physically, that physical transformation of Christian Bale. Did he? I mean, I assume he did because it's him. But did he actually grow, get the pot belly, or did they have like? A, I'm assuming it was him because he did that for the Nationalist. Yeah, he was the opposite in that, right? He's real yeah. thin, and now he's fat. He's, he's like a Big Mac. Yeah, yeah. Big Mac. Um, and just knowing that he's done that in the past, I have to assume he did it for this, too. I, I hope he doesn't do it too much, uh, too often, because uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Hank, uh, excuse me, Tom Hanks was uh, diagnosed with diabetes. Oh, wow. And part of the speculation is they think because of him losing weight uh, and gaining weight for, you know, different roles, like, you know, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, Castaway. Wow. Huh. Huh. Um... And hell, I, I'm pretty sure he did it for the fighter. I mean, not severely mm-hmm. well, as for it, because I mean, he was Batman. He just had to lose his muscle mass because he, I mean, he wasn't the main character in it. But well, you know, in Batman, they tuned him, put on weight, and then he went in. He was saying, I was actually watching. It was like inside the actor, and he came in and like I, I think he was just got done 
filming the machine, you know, machinist, machinist. Or, machinist. Anyway, um, and he was so thin in that that they told him, you know, have to put on X amount of pounds. And he came and he put on more weight than they recommended. And he yeah. came in and they're like, Jesus, it's Batman, not Fat Man. And like, yeah, the, he was, you know, a little, not, you know, not nearly the, ex, you know, the extent. But uh, yeah, he had to lose a little bit of weight for <laughs> Batman. So I know he gets dedicated to this role. He's just like, you know, Tom uh, Hanks or, you know, I don't know. I mean, there, there's times in that movie, especially right at the beginning, that you can't even tell it's Christian Bale because he has the, yeah. the comb over and the pot belly, and <laughs> it's just kind of like, damn, good job, sir. Like, if he doesn't get the, the nom, uh, Oscar nom, at least, for the role, I'd be really surprised. I agree. I think he's a... Because has he ever won an Oscar? Yeah, yeah he won for fighter. the fighter. He yeah, won okay, Best Supporting okay, Actor okay. for the fighter. Um. Amy Adams won Best Supporting Actress for that as well, I believe. I think so. She was at least nominated. She was nominated a couple times. Uh, I don't know if she had any, She should have been nominated last year for... Uh, oh, what the fuck? The P.T. Anderson film. Oh, The Master. Yeah, I didn't oh, see yeah. it. Oh, I saw it. Uh, I didn't see it like in the... Because I, I think they did like a... I want to say... Uh, I'm trying to think what type of uh, old-fashioned film speed, like uh, maybe 48 millimeters. Hmm. There's a screen that it was too crowded, but I, I saw it. It's uh, I still, you know, over a year later, I still don't know what to think of it. But yeah, I liked it. It's hmm. Joaquin Phoenix, <laughs> uh, great in that uh, role. Uh, speaking of Hoffman. speaking of Joaquin, just a little off topic. Did you hear he might be in talks for Lex Luthor? Oh yeah, I think you mentioned that. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be I'm, interesting. I like that. I hope he I keeps like the that. mustache from her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that movie either. It looks interesting. Oh. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I'm kind of predisposed to like it because uh, Scarlett Johansson has an operating system. Well, no, I, just because you know the name, you know, it springs to mind a bunch of Arrested Development jokes. Hmm. And uh, actually, uh, Mae Whitman went to uh, a screening of her, and uh, she took a picture of her with like uh, the program uh, with the program oh, nice. and posted on Twitter, and it was nice. like. It's like, so this is what it li- what it's like, and doves cry. <laughs> awesome, um, but yeah, back to back to American Hustle. I I thought it, the humor in it was was good, uh, just kind of like the Silver Linings Playbook, where it's not necessarily a comedy, but it it has so many comedic moments that just kind of even out the drama. You know, it does, it lightens up the drama a little bit. One thing uh, I think uh, uh, could have helped, but I I do think maybe uh, they could have uh, trimmed the fat a little bit because uh, it did feel um, it felt dragging a little bit to, towards the end. Uh, but mm. but that might have just been because you know we were in a pretty crowded theater and it was uh, it was hot. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, that, that's true. And we were in a like like all right, we we got another movie to get to as well. So that could have been part of the fact. So you know it might be it might improve on a rewatch. Yeah. Um, now. I had no idea that Louis C.K. was in the movie. Neither and did he I. was fantastic. He needs to be in more stuff. It was it was great. Um, now I think Bradley Cooper deserves a, a nomination for this role as well. I think he did a superb job. And I mean, he was nominated last year for Silver Linings, but didn't win. And he's uh, really uh, like. I mean, it makes sense that he would do, like, these type of things, because, you know, he's done some, you know, uh, hipper stuff, like, even the beginning of his career, because we forget that he was in uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, yeah. And All About Steve. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but well, speaking of, you know, actors, you know, who are, like, you know, who've done kind of a little bit of uh, career 180 in terms of, you know, how we view them and the type of movies they do, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I, I highly recommend uh, Dallas uh, Buyers Club. Matthew McConaughey gives a... Uh, Rivera performance. He's he's phenomenal, and uh, yeah. 
And uh, well, I haven't watched his HBO show either. Him and Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. uh, True Detective. It started a couple weeks ago. I haven't got to watch it yet either. He was also like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. He was in another movie this summer. Uh, <laughs> the Dead Mud or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Mud. Yeah, I, I, heard, I wanted to see that. Yeah, I actually heard that was pretty good. I haven't seen it. Had like a ninety something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So. But yeah, th- this was a, this is great because like you know he's pretty good you know it's not just uh, you know his uh, oh shucks shirtless guy routine yeah you know, his real chops and uh, I'm the only one who's seen it so far but uh, he he just has one scene in The Wolf of Wall Street but it's uh, it's uh, it's a great performance oh uh, nice and let's, speaking of that, I'm just gonna touch briefly on that like but uh, I, I think it's interesting that that film is coming out the same time as American Hustle because. They, you know they don't have you know exactly exactly the same targets, but they do kind of hit uh, similar themes and notes. Uh, you know, look at you know, greed in America and you know the cutthroat world of uh, business and con men. Uh. Yeah. So um, yeah, that could be like uh, <clears throat> we all see. I, I think that, that'll give us you know some interesting uh, fodder for discussion. Oh, for sure. Um, one thing I, I liked about American Hustle is the fact that it alludes to the character doing coke, but you never actually see them doing coke. You just see them lifting up with their hand on their or their finger by their nose or or something, but you never actually see them do it. I thought that was a nice touch. That okay, it's there, but they're not making it a focus of any scene. I, I liked that. I thought that was a nice little. I, I didn't even know. I do think that because uh, didn't somebody say that uh, somebody had like he had children under? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. couldn't remember if that was in that or the Wolf of Wall Street because yeah, it was in American Hustle. It was just a one offline or like, hey, you miss some or something like that. Which I think that's funny. I I, I liked that about yeah, it. Yeah, let the story do the work and not like yeah yeah they, yeah. they let the acting do the acting, work. Yeah. Because I I think you know this film was in danger at least you know in the trailers you know like <clears> it's <throat> like oh great it's gonna be another you know seventies you know Oscar bait uh, crime drama type of thing. Yeah. But you know they didn't do like you know the cliches of like you know coke and yeah. in that way. Uh, I mean, Wolf of Wall Street does that you know it's set in the eighties and nineties but you know it's <laughs> it's uh, if you haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street you know. Uh, my biggest fear for that film is that people are going to view uh, Jordan Belfort as uh, Gordon Gecko, you know, a hero. Uh, yeah. Where it's like, you know, uh, there's so much excess in that film, uh, you know, you, you get overwhelmed by it. You know, it's like, you know, at a certain point, you know, it, it, all that shit becomes hollow. Mm. And, like, it's like, you know, it's like, you know how, how can you like any of these people? They're all assholes. I mean, you kind of like them because, you know, despite the, you know, like, because, you know, the copper is very charismatic and, you know, it's a really funny film. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, American Hustle, I, I was surprised. I had no idea that De Niro was in the film. Yeah, me neither. I had no I idea. I was like, "Whoa, oh shit, he's a mob boss." Oh fuck. Yeah, this is gonna get ugly. Oh, for sure. Um, another person I have to give credit for for the movie was, is fucking Jennifer Lawrence. Man, she can do anything, can't she? Like, I thought her her role in this was actually kind of haunting. Like, she nailed it. She was superb. And she's she's one of those actors that, or actresses that can show range. I mean, they can be. I mean, just think she got her start on the fucking Bill Ingvall show. <laughs> so and look how far she's come. I mean, started from the bottom, now she <laughs> right. How, you can't get much lower than the fucking Bill Ingvall show. <laughs> the Larry Cable Guy show. Wings. <laughs> I liked Wings. So not on Wings. Uh, who cares? And and, <laughs> and Wings lasted quite a while. Not just the three seasons of the Bill Ingvall show. So did the two and a half men. <laughs> mm, true. So I, I'm just making fun of Wings because um, 
I, there's a Simpsons gag with wings. I think three three men in a comic book, two men in a comic. Ah, uh, gotcha. Homer's watching in that little room that we rarely see, uh, and Hank Azaria's an answer tonight on Wings. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Speaking of Wings, I liked her little um, was it Jennifer Lawrence? I guess you know other actors' little Wings uh, dance performance there in the middle of the movie or whatever. Live and Let Die. Or oh yeah, American yeah, yeah, Hustle. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. Yeah, that was nice. That was unexpected. That it was, was a unexpected. little... It kind of dragged out the movie a little bit. <laughs> but it, was, yeah. it, was, it was appropriate for what was going on, I guess. I, I think it, it, it changed the pace of the movie, you know? Yeah. Like, you had yeah. it, and it took you by surprise. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the same... It wasn't the same as the rest of the movie, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think if they would have... Wouldn't have broken it up a little bit, it could have just become too much. Yeah. I think, you know... Uh, What's interesting about her character is, you know, it would be totally easy to, easy to you know, view her as a villain uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, she almost fucked things up big time for... Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I viewed her as a villain. You didn't view, view her as a villain? No. I didn't, like, not necessarily a villain-villain, but I kind of thought that. I, I definitely... I mean, like, a little bit like when I, uh, I mean, this, uh, like, with, uh, you know, uh, her blogging about the IRS thing, like, you know, you know, he's a mobster, you know. Yeah, exactly. Why would you... <laughs> Yeah. But uh, I, I get. I wonder. You know, it'd be interesting. You know, maybe you'd have a discussion. You know, like, because uh, you know, some people have had like similar reactions to uh, Skylar White. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, w- with her, I mean, like, you know, uh, I hated Skylar. We're just throwing that out there. And the first season, like first season, because like you know, the, the the supporting characters here are less job. You know, it's kind of understandable to yeah. you know be annoyed by her. But you know, like, the more you see the, the, the stuff that Walt does, you know, it's. It's yeah. like, you know, uh, he, he's kind of a crappy person, you know. Uh, yeah. Skyler is rightfully upset about this. True. And, and, and it's difficult because, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> even like with these movies, like where, you know, like Local uh, Wall Street, for example, you're still kind of rooting for them because, you know, uh, the film is from their viewpoints. It's hard not to move forward. You know, I, I think Bradley Cooper got a, a bad... Uh, Bad exchange in the movie, you know. Like I, I don't, I didn't really see him as a, a bad guy either. I don't no. know. Like he's the only character in there that really gets the shit, you know. Like everybody else makes it out pretty nicely, and he, he's the one that doesn't get. And you like know. you know, I mean, okay, it really is only uh, maybe crime was you know, maybe being you know overly ambitious. So. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm like surprised that he you know kind of came out across the end. Kind of, you know, sort of a villain. Yeah, well, I thought that was odd, odd choice. Because I, I didn't see that the entire movie. You know, like I, at your root. Once they kind of team up with each other, you're kind of rooting for all of them. You know, yeah, because to, to succeed to, to take down. You know, um, I'm glad that you know uh, Jeremy Renner. You know, was, you know hit the mayor and you know, got off relatively light to go. As far as a decent guy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I felt bad about uh, bad for him as well. Now, what in American Hustle was actually based on true events? I have no idea. I mean, either. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming the stuff with Jeremy Renner's character, was he sent to prison for a year? Was Were the senators actually I would, taken I'd down? I would, I would, I would, I would have to use some yeah. And then everything else was filled in? All right, you got this fact that they were taken in on these charges... It, like to me, maybe that's the only stuff in it that was true. I mean, uh, I was, th- I, uh, I'm trying to think like you know the way the timelines work. I mean, uh, 
and just, you know, there was a history of, like, cracking down on the mafia, like, you know, like, it happened in Godfather Part Two, which is, like, uh, what, the 50s and 60s, I think? Uh, 50s and 60s? Something like that, yeah. So, you know, that might be part of it. Uh, so, I'd, I'd have to, you know, do something with Disney Hour, you know, without everything that happened in the movie was basically used to me. Yeah, I do kind of like how you're getting over here. It's true. It says, some of this shit is true. <laughs> Right at the beginning of the movie. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Do you like that? You talk about Started down like 79, then yeah. the and the American Hustle was 78. You know, it's like a roughly, roughly, you know, roughly a 10 year span. You know, right. And you know that, that you know it covers you know uh, the end of the Carter years, uh, beginning of Reagan Bush. You know, one complaint about Anchorman, which I, I maybe it's just for the first viewing. You know, I actually think there was too much brick. I, I actually, I kind of don't like the brick character. Well, I thought it was a little better in this movie, but I hated Rick in the first Anchorman, so... Well, I think it's because uh, they added another character exactly like him that bugged me. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like Hangover 3, where you have Melissa, Melissa McCarthy playing the same character as Zach Galifianakis, and you just kind of... It just kind of took me out of it. I was just kind of like, eh. I, I yeah. thought there was a little too much Rick. Uh, some of the stuff, some of his scenes worked better, you know. I think, you know, Steve Carell, because, you know, he's a skilled comedic actor, you know, mm-hmm. more often that stuff works than fails. Yeah. Like, you know, the funeral scene I thought really worked. Yeah. And, you know, I almost wish that Kristen Wiig would have played it more straight and then fell in love with Brick, you know? Like, not have them be the same person. Mm-hmm. Like, that bugged me. That's the one thing that really bugged me about that movie. I think it was almost too much of that character. I think maybe, like, a thing or two of them could have been cut out. Yeah. I, I wish we had gotten more time with Dr. Spaceman and Fred Willard. Yeah. Just because I enjoyed them. <laughs> Especially, like, the running gag in the first one with Fred Willard and his kid, uh... Oh, he's doing something bad, like uh, dropping acid or holding the school hostage yeah. or bringing porn to school. And, and the, the further on the movie, the more it, more it escalates. Yeah. That would have been nice. And I felt, we, I felt we didn't get as much news team as we... Uh, it was more focused on... Uh, I mean, Ron. I mean, which is true, but the first one, but, you know, each of the news team members got, you know, got more of a chance to shine, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah I, and this one, I mean, it, it was basically... Paul Rudd and Ron. I think Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd got quite a bit of Because, you know, come on, it's Paul Rudd and Brian Pantanet is awesome. Because <laughs> it's Ant-Man? Yeah, man. And I wish they got more with Champ kind, like more sports stuff. Yeah. Whammy! 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 Whammy. 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 Uh, well, that was fun. 
I overall, I really enjoyed both films. Uh, it was a good time at the movies. You know, the first time, the first time I saw Anchorman Two, uh, I, I thought that you know Dylan Baker's character. I, I thought that was Ed Helms at first. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. I was like, man, he looks really he's aged a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a goatee. It's like he looks weathered. Like, oh, it's Dylan Baker. Yeah. Okay, it makes sense because he's an older gentleman. You know, I thought that his first scene too. I was like, wait a second. I was like, no, no, no. Um, you know, for a crowded movie season that we have right now, I mean, I'd go see any movie at the movie theater right now, and these two are two that I definitely recommend going to. Like, hell, I, I kind of wanted to go see Forty Seven Ronin. I think it looks I, I cool. Heard, I've heard, you know, uh, AV Club gave it a B, and uh, I've heard, you know, interesting things about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you're looking for, you know, more Oscar fare, uh, I, I really recommend, uh, I wouldn't do a double feature like I did, because I ended up feeling kind of bummed out, mostly because of uh, Inside Lou and Davis, but that's a really great film. Uh, well, I still need to see and 12 Nebraska's Years a Slave. I still haven't seen it. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, uh, yeah. Really good, but I was... Look, it's a rough experience. Here, uh, uh, I don't know what the black actors. Oh, uh, from yeah, I don't know how to say Yeah, I, 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 I am talking about. Talk. I heard, I heard that he just uh, protested like the French premiere of the film. Huh. Oh, because uh, of the poster, because it had him running across the bottom of the poster, and then uh, real big on the poster, Brad Pitt. It was just, like. This posterized version of Brad Pitt, and then it said Brad Pitt across the top of the poster. Yeah, it's ridiculous because Brad Pitt is maybe in the last half hour of the film. Yeah, and he protested the movie because of that poster, which is pretty, pretty ballsy for the star to protest his own movie because of the poster. Yeah, I mean, because you know, it's like you know, because I mean, like yeah, there's a kind of a problem. A problem with I'm not, sure, I'm not sure, like you know, what happened, like the actual because it's based on a true story. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure, you know, uh, if like indeed he was saved by like you know a white uh, white man from Canada. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, uh, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's a movie about slavery. And the focus is on the experience of a black man. And, yeah. you know, why does that, I, I know Brad Pitt produced the film, but, you know, <laughs> but I, I've heard uh, since then uh, that they uh, got rid of the poster, you know, that had the, you know, more appropriate one like, where Brad Pitt wasn't the centerpiece. And I'm sure part of that she had to sell it to, you know, international markets. But, you know, it shouldn't be that way because no, it shouldn't. I could see him uh, getting uh, an Oscar now because yeah. it's a damn fine performance. I'm pretty sure he got one at the Golden Globes. So. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's usually a good uh, bellwether yeah. for uh, how the uh, Oscar awards will go. But uh, inside Lewin Davis, uh, it's it's you know it's, it's really, I would call it like you know super depressing. It's it's melancholy. It uh, takes place, you know, over the course of a couple of days, uh, the life of a uh, British village folk singer. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's a Coen Brothers, so they do they have a run out for detail, we get in the, uh, uh, <coughs> features of the era. It's, it's a, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird film, but it, uh, As are all Coen Brothers movies. It's, it's good, though. Uh, and, uh, I, I won't spoil it, but, uh, there's a real passing of the torch near the end, uh, Okay, I'm going into more details, but I had a feeling this person would show up. Hmm. The dude? Yeah. I think uh, Grant's role is focusing on like 61. Oh, okay. Alright. And uh, I think it was that because uh, part of the action takes place in the Gaslight uh, uh, Tavern, which, if you know your folk music history, is a pretty uh, important uh, focal point. Uh. <laughs> 
Uh, let's just say he's from Duluth. That's just all excited. Like, he wants to go see this movie. Actually, I could have seen it all go Google, but I didn't. I'm disappointed I didn't know. And uh, John uh, John Goodman has a pretty fun cameo. He's like a he's a rock and roll hating uh, jazz performer, uh, huh. and he's like a he's a, he's like a Doc Pomus uh, figure because he's on crutches, like Doc Pomus was. Hmm. All right. Well. Uh, huh. Oh, what about uh, the whole stupid Phil Roberts and fiasco on Duck Dynasty? <laughs> I'm just saying, this is all I'm going to say. I think that should be Andrew's next rant, but... I, I agree, that should be... You really grinds my gears. That really should be. But... Okay, if I were to say those things at work, I would be fine. What's the difference? Here's, here's my issue with it, like, you know, uh, people are all up in arms about it, but, you know, it's happened recently with other, uh, But I mean, that's just, you know, being Louis C.K. Yeah, Louis C.K. But I mean, in a professional work setting, I, I get your point. You yeah. know, uh, focus, you know, uh, text that we've done. I mean, he had, the, he had the right to say what he did. You know, uh, this is a free speech speech issue because it's not a government entity, it's a private business. Yeah. And, you know, if they feel that, you know, uh, they valued uh, the, you know, the business of, you know, like being gay, queer, uh, transgender folks more than, you know, rednecks, you know, that's their business that they, you know, what they want to they're allowed to, you know, the uh, uh, act of the dictator in front of the see is, you know, he's not going to be poor, I mean, you know, uh, yeah. anyway, they were, he's been they were rich. Yeah, he's been really insane. Uh, I think it's a money issue, because uh, they lose out on, like, what, I believe they currently make, like, 400 million in uh, merchandise rights. But, you know, the Republicans get, you know, the right wing gets up in arms about this shit, and, you know, uh, there's still states, you know, uh, they're like, you know, oh, you should be fired from where you are, and there's still states where you can be fired, you know, no question about this for being gay, uh, and, you know, it's, it's bullshit, you know, you really should, you know, you really shouldn't be fired for, you know, uh, the way you are, I mean, I think certain comments, you know, uh, you really shouldn't, you know, avoid bringing politics in the workplace, and, you know, some businesses, like, you know, they'll, uh, they'll strongly encourage you for who to vote for, and shit like that, which is, uh, which is unacceptable, in my opinion, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you're free to say what you like, but uh, words have consequences. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think I was telling Andrew, you know, we were having a discussion about this, not on the show, and uh, I saw it a day after, mm-hmm. like, I don't think it was a day after, but, you know, within the same time frame as this whole filth thing that's going on is a woman posted, it wasn't even a work thing, she posted a tweet, like, she's like, I'm going to Africa, I hope we don't get AIDS, and she's like, oh, wait, I'm white, and she got fired from her job, and this is... Yahoo News, which is my favorite news source, has nothing to do with the news, but I always love to read the comments, you know, below the post, and everyone's like, good, she should have got fired, this is great, and it's one, one guy comes in, and he's just like, wasn't last week, what the hell, last week everyone is pissed off that, you know, Phil got fired from Duck Dynasty, yet this woman deserves to get fired, you know what I mean, like, uh, you know, so it's just, it's kind of interesting, you know, um, how that works out, you know, it just like, depends on the person, it depends, you know, 
who's, you know, it's like, oh, liberals are, they always slander people, but then when, you know, I don't know, someone says something against them, uh, I don't yeah. I think she should have like, been fired, uh... I mean, not no, no, I'm not saying she shouldn't oh, yeah. been fired. I'm just saying that it's kind of interesting that, you know, everyone's for her getting fired, but not him, you know, for comments mm-hmm. that, you know, were inappropriate. I mean, I mean, because, you know, she worked in the public relations. I mean, yeah. clearly she doesn't have any, you know, sense, you know, she could yeah. be pop pop with uh, public relations, her image and everything. I mean, yeah. and she had some other, you know, dingusy tweets. Uh, see, now, I find it stupid you can get fired over tweets or something you write on your Facebook page. I find that to be stupid anyway. That shouldn't that shouldn't be a workplace matter. I uh, do think it's reasonable. Uh, I, I, uh, I will explain. Uh, like, uh, if like you know you're uh, if you're like in the public relations type of thing, and like if uh, yeah. if if you have like a like Twitter, you know, if you have a public Twitter, you know, if you if you have a locked account, I, I think that's unfair. And ditto if you have like a Facebook where you know it's a uh, yeah where you like you know you have high privacy settings. But, you know, if you're like you know a uh, uh, public figure type of thing. Uh, and like you know, it um, and negative something you say you know, negatively impacts you know uh, other people. Yeah, yeah, or your job, like you know, like uh, the perception of it, like like you know, uh, if uh, you know uh, you uh, went on, if you're like you know, uh, a member of, like the Knicks organization, and you went on Twitter and justifies it might be to you know, trash like James Dolan, uh, and, like you know, tra- like a. I think it would be reasonable to, you know, uh, maybe for them to want to move on from you. If I, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'd feel I think the person would be lucky to get out of that dumpster fire. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just looking at it. Okay, I got fired from Walmart for calling a coworker a bitch in, in a joking manner. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, honestly, I'm looking at it from my own personal experiences. Words have consequences. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was joking, but I still got in trouble for it. And I, I think there's a difference because, uh, and like this is the kind of rule, like with, uh, for example, libel and slander in journalism, uh, like uh, where you know if you if you're just saying that like in public, you know, it's you're not like transmitting it, transmitting it, uh, yeah. publishing it, like you would for like you know Twitter or Facebook, yeah. for example. And I think you're on sketchier ground. Like if you have like you know a private Twitter account uh, and Facebook, I, th- I think it's a little bit a bit, little bit unreasonable, but yeah. Perhaps if, like, you know, uh, you're tweeting something stupid like that and you work in PR, then, you know, I could see them wanting to move on because clearly, clearly you know, yeah. maybe you're not, not at the top of your game. Yeah. Well, see, something for a job like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because you are in the public relations. I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the worst thing about this is, you know, I really hate this. Uh, there's actually, it's related to Kevin Smith, uh, different story, uh, uh, but, you know, I hate that, you know, like, uh, people think, uh, you know, because, you know, everybody's mad at this person that, you know, gives them the right to use, you know, certain slurs like, you know, uh, oh, I can call her the C word because, you know, we all hate her. Uh, it's like, you know, if you're going to criticize her, that's fine. You know, she should be criticized, you know, for her, you know, thick-headed, you know, uh, kind of racist tweet. Uh, you know, focus on that, you know, focus on the content of her message, you know, don't, you know, bring in like, you know, um, oh, she's an ugly bitch, you know, or, you know, that type of thing, you know, it's because it, cause it's not needed, you know. Mm-hmm. Focus on the the words, not you know, you know, more like you know. If you're gonna criticize Rush Limbaugh, focus on the fact that he's a pompous windbag, not that he's a fat pill popping son of a bitch. I mean, <laughs> maybe the pill popping is fair game because of you so. Know, so when Kevin Smith makes fun of Rush Limbaugh and Mall Rats, that's that, crossing well, the line. No, well, were you saying like because of what's it, the felt felt Phelps or? What, is what, that what you're referring what did to Kevin, Kevin Smith? Yeah. Oh, it, oh, this is a different thing. Like it's uh, but like uh, what uh. 
like uh, this uh, the Westboro Baptist Church oh, like no, his no, remarks no, to oh, them no, no, or no 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 oh, no, no, no oh. this is a, this is a different thing uh, but uh, like it was how his fans reacted to like uh, the to a backlash like uh, like uh, there uh, there was like a article uh, I forget which website uh, about uh, like you know uh, films that are being removed from Netflix uh, and there was like a slight uh, just a slight uh, jab at uh, Smith. Uh, like one of the films, uh, although many people won't miss uh, Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Oh, got you. And uh, Smith, like, uh, left a comment on Twitter, you know, why the dig? Uh, mm. You know, it was a playful thing, and then, like, you know, uh, it was a woman who wrote it, and a lot of nasty messages, you know, mm. violent threats. Oh. And, he, and he called out his fans, on, he wrote, like, a long blog post. Oh. And, good, good on him. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was talking yeah, about, like, where. Gotcha. Uh, okay. I wasn't sure, I didn't know the situation. There are a lot of stuff coming off of Netflix. I wonder why. Why is that? It's got to make more room, I guess. Yeah, maybe yeah. more light expiring. Because uh, yeah. a lot of time, like, uh, for example, like, you know, there's the Warner Instant Archive. A lot of companies are trying to, you no. know, make money. But, uh, yeah, I, in general, I, I think you should, you know, uh, like, I mean, uh, unless you're maybe a comedian, because, you know, like, because uh, they're, they're maybe more experts at that type of thing, they can, you know, kind of... Uh, Work in the world where, like, you know, where uh, insults were, you know, it's, uh, where perhaps, you know, it's maybe not as mean-spirited, like, where, you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. the jabs are, like, you know, uh, to make a point, um. Yeah. I was listening to an interview with uh, Aziz, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was on The Nerdist here recently, and, uh, he, he was talking about how when he was starting to audition for stuff, his mm-hmm. manager kept giving him, like, IT roles and stuff like that, and he was just like, I'm just gonna tell you right now, I'm not gonna do any of these. So stop giving them to me. I I I thought that was a cool thing that he brought up. And, and that's like uh, that's one of the difficulties like with representation in Hollywood. Like uh, it's cool that you know he's like he's kind of reached the point where he can you know uh, have like less stereotypical roles. But you know at the same time I'm not going to begrudge people like you know if they take the job because uh, mm-hmm. I mean you know it's it's a hard business and. But it would be nice if you if there was a way to like you know work for you know better roles so they're not walking stereotypes. Uh, yeah. But uh, going back to the point like with Limbaugh, you know, I mean, I think there are ways of you know attacking him without you know, uh, you know, like uh, what is uh, what I is, think what he says does it enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, what does him being a fat ass have to do with you know his views being shitty? And now the pill popping is fair game if he's like been you know like hypocritical about like you know uh, the war on drugs or something like that or you know. It was something where, you know, the uh, uh, attribute of the person, you know, is germane to the discussion. Oh, like making uh, The Dark Knight Rises about Bane economics? <laughs> oh, yeah, like that was a, it's like, it's like a reach in their rush. Right. It reminds me of uh, that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they worked in the mailroom and the the different conspiracies were centered on Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> uh, actually, going back to this uh, Aziz... Uh, interview on the Nerdist. I, I thought it was really interesting. He's working on a new uh, hour uh, called like uh, Modern Romance. Oh yeah, I, I read about like an, an interview about, he's like, thinking about writing a book. Uh, he did a, yeah, he's done, he's, yeah he, he's done a whole lot of research into this. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it was really interesting how he, he talks about how this our generation doesn't actually know how to talk. We don't know how to talk to each other. We don't know how to sit down and have a conversation like we are now. That everything we do is over text message. That we've always had this technology, and that that's one reason why it's kind of hard for people of our age to actually find relationships outside of ones that we've had for years, is because we're only we don't talk to people anymore. 
like, uh, okay, you might meet a girl at a, a, a bar or something, but you won't call her. You'll just start texting her and not actually speak to her. I thought that was really interesting. And I, I do think there's, you know, pluses and minuses to that, you know. And on one hand, you know, it, it, the rise of that technology, you know, allows you to, you know, maybe uh, communicate uh, to somebody you know you might not have in the first place. Uh, mm. You know, you might meet them online somewhere, you know. Exactly. I mean, that's how me and Marissa met. We met online. It, I think it's all about, you know, uh, as the Greeks said, you know, everything in moderation. You gotta, you know, try and find a mm. find the right balance. Uh, but uh, I, I recommend. Uh, ch- I'll, see, I'll give you the link, and maybe I could uh, give the link to you if you want to post on the right. show's webpage. Uh, but uh, one thing that's uh, great about the AV Club uh, is like the, the comments. There's like really great discussion about like different people talking. People talking about their romance, romance life, and there's some really interesting stuff there. Uh, in addition to the interview, which is really good, it, oh, nice. it ran the I think February of last year. Oh, this okay. past year. Yeah. Like the interview that I was listening to, I think it was from mm-hmm. September, and it, it was just—it was really interesting. Like, uh, granted, I mean, Aziz is a great comedian, and mm-hmm. if you haven't watched Buried Alive on Netflix, do it because it's fantastic. It's one of the best like stand-up hours I've ever watched. I didn't like Buried Alive as much as his other ones. Really? No. I didn't care for the one before where he was. Really, doing that his, was my favorite one. Where he was doing his character from. Uh, uh, oh, Randy, the intimate moments. Yeah, I didn't like intimate moments as much. What was the second one he did? Whatever that one he did after intimate moments. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Netflix uh, ones. That was my favorite, and then the Netflix one and intimate moments I thought were kind of tied. Yeah, uh, intimate moments. I really liked Buried Alive. I think the one you're talking about. I want to say that uh, doesn't he talk about like the cell phone thing and like. Uh, uh, maybe that was in the interview. We talked about like, uh, hey girl, you want to get a drink? And then he's like, <clears throat> like you know, ten minutes later, I see them uh, like uh, posting a picture on Instagram. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I think we could have an entire show about like modern relations. I think that would be a fun thing to do, and actually sit down and have different views on it. I think it could be fun. Hmm. Anyways, we maybe we could do that for like Valentine's Day or something. oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. You can get Marissa on the show. She'll do it. <laughs> I don't know if she'd do it. I haven't asked her. I'll have to do that. That'd be nice. Man, have... Uh, man, that would be nice, because me and her met online. Get Carrie to do it, if Carrie would do it, because her and David met during speed dating. I think that'd be a cool little... I think that could be fun. And then Andrew, because he's knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> fifth wheel! I was the fifth beato. Sure you were, Apu. <laughs> Alright, Brian. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Andrew, watch your hands, sir. Um, speaking of uh, Brian Epstein, uh, we're going to talk about him uh, in a short, in another episode. Uh, but uh, we're recording that on the fourth, correct? Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, like if you're interested about him, uh, the Fifth Beetle is a great read. Uh, but uh, you should also check out his autobiography, uh, "A Cellar Full of Noise," or as John Lennon said, it should have been called, uh, "A Cellar Full of Boys." <laughs> but uh, it, 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 it kind of hints a little bit. You can kind of sort of, you know, hint that, you know, he has some other type of uh, life going on. Uh, but it's a, good, it's a good read. Does it focus on that at all in The Fifth Beetle? Do they hint at it, or is it... Oh, it, they're very open about it. It's, okay. That's one of the more heartbreaking aspects of it. Uh, gotcha. That's good. That's good to know. Um, now, I did kind of flip through. I thought it... Uh, just because I haven't read it yet, and that we have a whole episode planned around it. Uh, I I was flipping through it and I love how the art changes. Yeah. When it goes when they go to the Philippines, I thought that was great. 
Oh yeah, there's like a little brief little cartoon thing. Yeah. Man. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, Chance pointed that out to me today. It's like gorgeously yeah, yeah, illustrated book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but that'll be coming on. We'll, we're recording it on the fourth, so it'll be sh- up shortly after that, along with our year-end podcast, which we did last year as well. And then we'll also have our Doctor Who uh, Christmas special review. Um, so in the meantime, please post what you want us to talk about, and we'll post well post comments. We'll read them online. Say something on Twitter. We'll read it on the show. Um, and do the voicemails. Like I told Etzel, you can send us audio messages on Potomatic. Uh, do that, and we'll play them on the show. We'd love to have more fan interaction. So, um, anyways, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we're Kind of Epic Show. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitter at Kind of Epic Show. Uh, you can find you can follow me at David West underscore K O E S. Uh, Etzel, are you, you're on Twitter. No, I'm not. You're not. Twitter. You're on no Twitter. Twitter. I got Facebook. No Twitter. You're okay. You're on Facebook. Do you have an Instagram? I have Instagram. What's your Instagram? Eb Kasoniak. Eb I believe. Yeah. Can you spell that for our audience? K O S C I E L N I K. Etzel Bartholomew. Yes. K O S Kasoniak. K O S C I E L N I A K. All right. Instagram. So yeah. Andrew? Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter. I mostly uh, uh, rant about sports, uh, make bad puns, uh, make classical music jokes. Uh, I'm at Jumpin' Jack Flask. That's J-U-M-P-I-N, Jack, and then Flask, as in uh, a flask of whiskey, F-L-A-S-K. You know, I've noticed on my Twitter, I, all I do is, like, it's linked to my untapped, and that's all my Twitter has become is untapped. I'm just kind of like, well, so if you want to see what beer I drink... I mean, I don't post untapped on my, you know, Twitter or Facebook. I don't want to get fired because I was drinking Would this you? beer, you know. <laughs> Could you? Uh, no. And my Instagram, you know, it's a very hipster feed. It's uh, Neil Young, N-E-I-L-J-U-N-G, like Carl Young, the psychologist, uh, 45. Nice. Uh, it's also a Teenage Fan Club song. My Instagram is also the Kind of Epic Show Instagram, so you can just find it at Kind of Epic Show on Instagram as well. Um, anyway, that's all I got for today. Um, you know, we should just record one of these that we can just tack on at the end of every episode for, like, all of our info to find us. We should just record one of those when everybody's here mm-hmm. and just have it to post. Nice. Anyways, um, I'm David West. That's Kaselniak. Andrew Crowley. And this was kind of epic show. Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M I K U S, and you know the rest. All right, peace out, everyone. Keep listening.